Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit outreachchurch.net for downloads and service information. Good morning. How's everybody doing? I was, during worship, first service actually, I had a, um, I had a word and I felt like I, I want to share it in this, this service as well. In the second song we sang, I Hope That Was Lost, and I began to think about you know, the 700 or so years before Jesus that humans walked the earth and they didn't have any hope whatsoever. And I began to just pray into that and think about that. And then when Jesus came on the earth at this time, Christmas, you know, 2018, some years ago, um, we, we began to have that hope again. And I felt like in this room, and I just want to prophesy to some of you, I don't know who you are, but I felt like God was saying that this last year was really a year of hopelessness. And I actually saw like a heart that was dry and barren. And I felt like the Lord said, in the, the next year of your life, the Lord is going to begin to water that soil and water your heart. Uh, and the things that were hopeless are going to begin to flip and become hope again. Uh, and so I just I bless you in Jesus name, whoever you are, uh, if you need to receive that for yourself. And just receive it and, uh, and believe that 2019 is going to be a year in which your heart is transformed and your hope is no longer barren in Jesus' name. And um, yeah, so I get to talk about probably my favorite thing um, other than just Jesus as a whole, but something that Jesus does is the gift of prophecy. Um, it is my favorite thing. Um, I really believe, actually, before I start, what, what's your name, man? Ed? Yeah. I'm Dylan. Dylan. Can I share something with you? Sure. I saw you come straight down the aisle and sit in the front row, and I, I was sitting right there, and I felt like God said something about you, so can I share that with you? Sure. Awesome. Um, I felt like, um, actually, God was saying that in the next season of your life, man, he's putting you in the front row. I felt like he's taking you from the back, and he's going to put you directly in, into the front line, and, and you're going to be right into the sight of heaven, man. And I saw, like, this picture of, um, it was really odd, but I saw these pit bulls, like these dogs, and I felt like the Lord said that the, the pit bulls and the hounds of heaven are coming after you, and you actually have that, like, tenacity on the inside of you. And actually, I need to give you this. Here, man, I just felt like the Lord said that there's a hundredfold coming to your life, man, and that the rest of your years, the rest of the days of your life are going to be better than the ones in the past, man. And he's not done with your life. He's not finished with your life. So, Father, I thank you for this amazing son. I thank you for Ed. I thank you for this season, God, of being directly in the front row and the tenacity that you've put on the inside of him, Jesus. I thank you for his heart. I thank you for your heart for him, God and that you love him with a love that we can never comprehend, but it's beyond what we ever know or imagine. And I thank you for the hundredfold promise on his life, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, Ed. So um, I love um, the prophetic. I love the heart of God. I love how he speaks to us, ways he speaks to us. I love every day waking up and looking for the little moments with God throughout the day. When I met God, the thing that changed me the most was the time that I heard God. I remember it like it was 
as clear as day the first time I heard him. And it just marked me. And it was something that I said, I have to go after this, God. I have to find your heart for me and for others because it's changed my life and I believe it will change other people's. So um, if you would, open your Bible um, to 1 Corinthians 14. Verses, we'll start in verse 1. How many of you in here are, are, are born again? You would say you're filled with the Spirit of God. If you're not and you would like to be, you're more than welcome to start. Today's a great day. Okay? Um, before I get into 14, I want to read a verse in chapter 12. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So how many of you know if you're born again and you're filled with the Spirit of God, you actually carry a prophetic word? That each and every one of you actually have the ability to prophesy and to speak the heart of God into someone's life or to hear the heart of God over your own because you're actually created by a word. So you have a word because you were created by a word. So it's actually in your nature um, to be prophetic. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So the first thing and thing, if I could... If you could walk out of this building with one thing, it'd be this, pursue love. If you want to prophesy accurately, if you want to hear the heart of God for people, it's to pursue love. Pursue your love for God and to pursue your love for others. I pray a prayer almost every day. God, let me see people the way that you see people. Allow me to have the eyes of God that I can see people in exactly what they need to hear, Jesus. And so if, if, if you leave here with anything, it'd be this, pursue love. And if you want to prophesy accurately, love never fails. So if you're prophesying from a place of love, then you'll never fail. You'll never miss it. You'll never go wonky. You'll never go way out here in the out of bounds because your heart and your position towards people are always love. The second thing that I would, I would, I would hope that you would walk away with is this. But he who prophesies speaks for edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. If I'm ever praying or about to prophesy over someone, I always ask them, God, what do you have that's going to edify them, encourage them, and build them up? What, what, what do you have, God, in your heart that's going to strengthen them and encourage them to follow you to a greater capacity? I'm going to be a little bit more of a teacher today, which isn't really my style, but... Um, just hang in there with me. Um, simply put, prophecy is revealing the heart and mind of the Father to His sons and daughters. The Bible says that all your days are written into a book. I've talked about that before, that there's a book that's written that says David Pearson. There's a book that's written that says Dylan Standridge. 
And the way that I like to see prophecy is this. I just get the opportunity to take the book off the shelf and read a sentence or a chapter or maybe a paragraph. But I don't get to read the entire book. The the Bible says that we prophesy in part because we know in part. And so we prophesy in part. I just get to do my part. I just bring the word to you. And then maybe someone else will bring another word to you. And then maybe God will speak another prophetic word to you. And these words begin to build upon one another to create a tapestry for your life. Prophecy is not about uh, future and fortune. But it, it, it points you to your identity with intimacy, inheritance, and destiny. I believe that in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, there was a great outpouring of revelation on healing. You can see it through the, the history of the church. There was healing evangelists and, and, and all these different healing crusades. And I really believe that in the beginning of the 90s, we stepped into a, a, a time in the earth where the prophetic was begin to be drawn on from heaven, that the gift of prophecy, that words of knowledge, words of wisdom was beginning to be pulled on uh, like never before. And I, I feel like there's, there's churches all across America and even the world that are in three different camps because they've seen different aspects of the prophetic. You have this camp here, um, which is, is the saddest one of all, which is they've seen misuse of the prophetic. So they've seen misuse, and this comes from um, people prophesying soulishly. They're not prophesying out of the heart of God. They're just prophesying to what they think you want to hear. Um, they can also, that, that typically comes with insecurities. It, it comes from, a lot of times, it comes from people getting their identity from being prophetic. So I get my, I, if, if I were to get my identity in being prophetic, then I'm only as good to Trey as my prophetic word. And my identity is not me being prophetic. My identity is a son. But if, if I'm drawing my identity, then I have to always be coming up with words. And that can always lead down a very slippery slope. And when you start telling people what they want to hear or telling people things that just aren't God. So we've seen misuse. Then we have this church that they say, well, we've seen so much misuse. We don't want to even do it. So we're going to have no use. So we don't believe in it. Prophecy died with the apostles, your first apostles. And you you see a lot of churches like that where they say, you know what? We're just so afraid because of the misuse. And and we're so afraid of things sometimes in the proper use that we can't control that we just will just stay in this lane and not even operate in it. But what Roy and I and others and all of you that I believe in this church want to be is a proper of. I mean, a church with proper use. So we want to actually use the word and we want to create an atmosphere as a family because the church of God should be a place where inside the family you can practice your gifts dangerously because it's a safe place. Doctors practice medicine. Lawyers practice law. And if you want to grow in the prophetic, you have to practice it. If you want to grow in hearing God, you have to begin to wake up every morning and look for the opportunities to hear him, for the opportunities to speak through him. I believe that God is always speaking at all times. We're just not always listening. If there's angels that are flying around the throne and they've heard the word, they've sang the words, holy, 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 because he's shown and revealed more of himself to them at every moment. 
how much more does he want to reveal himself to his actual sons and daughters? There's a, um, there's a quote of a, a hero in the faith of mine, George Mueller. He had an orphanage with a bunch of kids in it. And he's, his, his really what he's known for is he's an incredible man of faith in which he actually would never ask anyone for money. So he ran an entire orphanage simply off prayer. So there's stories of them needing food, and he'd set the table with no food, kind of like that movie Hook, and they'd all sit down and pretend, and there'd be a knock on the door, and a milk truck would be outside and a bread truck. Just incredible stories like that. But there was one time where he said that... Um, sorry, I'm going to tie my shoe. There was one time where he said um, that he had this, this word, this prophetic word from God that he was going to build a new orphanage. He had absolutely no money. So he was in his bedroom and he was praying. He was on his knees. He was praying. He said, God, you've given me this word. You've, you've, you've declared to me that it's, it's time for me to build a new building for my orphanage. And he said he heard a little knock on the door and a little kid came in holding a penny. It was one of his orphans. Obviously, they don't have a lot of money. And he gave him the penny. And George has this famous quote. He says, when you're conscious of the prophetic and the words of your life, a penny will prophesy. So I encourage you that as you start to begin to prophesy, as you start to begin to receive prophetic words, always be aware and open that sometimes that's God. Many times it is. I've had moments, I told first story with Zach, we were, we were hanging out at his house and his entire, he just bought this new fire pit and his wife was out of town and so we went over there to build a fire and the thing just erupted and the entire yard like caught on fire and so it was just a fiasco. We were running around and put it, trying to put it out but he calls me the next day and he's like, bro, bro, I woke up, I think that's prophetic. And I'm like, yeah, I was like, I do too. So we prayed into it and God kind of gave us it. But how many of you know that when you're aware of the prophetic, when you're open to it, when you're open to God speaking to you, the penny prophesies. The little things speak when you're holding on to those words and they're confirmation of what God's going to do. Um, the prophetic is not about uh, future and fortune. I already said that, but it points you to the identity, your identity, intimacy, inheritance, and destiny. It's about knowing Jesus more. Now, prophecy is revealing the heart of the Father to people. And uh, the Bible says that there's power of life and death are in the tongue. I know a lot of us probably understand that as if I say this, it's going to build life. If I say this, it's going to bring death. In the prophetic, I'd like to take it a little bit step further and say that it's not just what you do say that brings life or death, it's what you don't say. So it's me having a word in my heart for the lady on the bus next to me and not having the courage to declare it is either breathing, bringing death or life to the situation. Some people around you, if you grab hold of that idea that if I speak this or if I don't speak this, it's bringing death or life, the fear of man will get quickly removed from your life because you'll have, a higher, you'll have a higher consciousness of the awareness around you that God has words for people. And you'll have a greater desire to speak on behalf of God into people and understand that you're either speaking life or death. 
Here's um, some, I'm going to talk about what prophecy is. I'm also going to talk about what prophecy isn't. Um, sometimes the gift of prophecy is confused with the prophetic office. What I mean by that is that in Ephesians 4, there's, there's five gifts that are from Christ that it says some are given apostles, some are given prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So here's something for you. Everyone in here can prophesy, but just because you prophesy doesn't mean you're a prophet. Okay? A prophet, a prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Being a prophet means that it's just who you are. It's part of your actual identity. So if you were, I believe you're born a prophet. So if you're a prophet of God or an apostle or teacher or one of the fivefold ministries for the equipping of the saints, you actually, if you were a prophet and you decided I'm never going to prophesy and I'm going to go work at Walmart, you're still a prophet. You just may be a disobedient one. So just because you're, you, um, you prophesy, which all of you in this room have the ability to pull on that gift, it doesn't make you necessarily a prophet. A prophet um, is a headship function and it cannot be separated from the person. Again, I just want to hit this. Um, prophecy's main purpose is to bring edification, exhortation, comfort, strength to the body of Christ. The scriptural definition that we read earlier of prophecy gives no hint of foretelling, but of one who speaks for another. So it's not fortune telling. It's not looking at you and just telling you what's going to happen in your life, but it's actually conveying the heart of God into someone's situation. Now, will you know things about someone that's going to that's going to happen in their future? Absolutely. Um, I had an I had a moment where I was in a prayer meeting and someone looked at me and said, "Do you have anything that you feel like God's sharing to you?" This was about two years ago. I said, "Yeah, actually, I do." And there was a guy there who's a friend of mine now, but at this time I didn't know him. His name was Thomas. And I just began to pray over him and, and, and declare over him some things that I felt like God was saying. And then out of nowhere, typically when I prophesy for someone, I close my eyes because I don't want their reactions to hinder what God's, what God's doing. So, for instance, if they are super stoic and aren't acting like it's ministering to them, I don't want that to hinder what I feel like God's hearing. If they're crying and I feel like I'm you know, doing great, I also don't want that to hinder what God's saying. Does that make sense? So I'm, I have my eyes closed, and I see in the Spirit this blue, um, I called it a mantle, but if you could imagine like a sheet that in the Spirit just dropped on top of him. It was light blue. I said, man, I feel like I see this light blue mantle coming upon you. And I said, and I don't know what it means, but... I feel like it's coming upon you. In fact, the next six months of your life, you're going to begin to see the goodness of God like you've never seen before. And I shared a few other things, and he absolutely lost it. And I didn't know this guy at all, but he started crying, wailing, and I'm like, I hope that was right. And um, Because you don't want him to be crying if it's wrong. But he looked at me, and he said, man, this is so crazy. He said, when I was 16 years old, I wrote a song called Baby Boy Blue that was about my children. He said, my wife, who I'm married to, obviously now, he said, she has chronic pain. 
and it's really, really bad. And I've been terrified these last couple of weeks that she'll never be able to have a child. And he said, and so I read that, I read that song that I wrote when I was 16 about baby boy blue. And he said, it brought me some hope, but this word, this word is bringing me hope. So I get a phone call about six months later. He calls me and he says, hey, I just want you to know, man, in three months, I'm going to have my first child. And that prophetic word deposited something on the inside of me uh, that I never thought that I would have the faith or even the ability to get through this pregnancy without that prophetic word. How many of you know sometimes when you get prophetic words for people, they don't make sense to you because they're not for you? So I have no idea what a baby blue colored sheet looks like falling on top of him, but God does. And it's not my job to interpret it. It's my job to just declare it. And I don't subtract or take away from exactly what God's saying. I have a friend that has a story. It's amazing. And he said that he was prophesying one time over this girl. And he, he was prophesying over her. And he, he heard the Lord say, I won't tell her I want to heal her scars. And immediately he, he started to say, of her heart. You know, it makes sense, right? Your scars of your heart. So he says, you know, God wants to heal your scars. And as soon as he said it, the Lord said, no, that's all I said. And he said, God wants to heal your scars. And the girl pulled up her shirt. And she had thousands of cut marks that, um, that she, she obviously had, had been cutting herself. And he declared that prophetic word. And they watched as every single scar on her arms went away. So when God gives you a word, don't add to it. Don't take it away. Because he's speaking exactly what needs to be said. And again, that misuse section where you get manipulative and controlling, it's really easy to step into that thing when you start adding to and taking away and, 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 and controlling people with the, with the prophetic. Um. The word of knowledge is a great gift um, that pairs often with the prophetic. Here's a definition that I have. If If in prophecy a revelation is given of some existing fact hidden from the senses, the word of knowledge is operating through the gift of prophecy. So the word of knowledge is knowing something about someone now or in the past that you you should have no grid for I was sitting right here one Wednesday night, and I felt like the Lord began to speak to me uh, just some random words. I saw a giant kitchen table. I saw a garden, and I was literally just writing these down on my phone because I'm always just like, what are you saying, God? For me, for anyone, I just want to hear your voice. I saw a garden. I heard the name Jonathan, and I heard the name Amy. And I stood up right there, and I went to walk in the back, and there was a lady sitting right in the back, And I knew immediately that these had to do something with her. And so I went up to her and I said, hey, um, I don't know you at all. She was a guest. She'd never been here. I said, I feel like I have something from God for you. Is that okay if I share? And she said, yes. And I, I just shared with her what I saw. I said, I saw a giant kitchen table in a garden in your backyard that you were working in. And she began to lose it again. And she said, I had a dream in my heart a few years ago about having a garden. And I wanted a giant kitchen table, and I wanted foster children all around the table. 
And she said, and I've let that dream die. And as soon as she said that, I said, does the name Amy mean anything to you? And she began to cry, cry. And she said, actually, at that time that I had that dream in my heart, I was, I was living with a roommate who had gotten pregnant, and she had had a daughter whose name was Amy. And she had given up the daughter for adoption. And it just always, it mirrored exactly what happened to my dream, that when that baby was given up, that I had given up my dream. And so I began to pray with her. And then I, I, the last thing I said, I said, does this mean anything to you, the name Jonathan? And she cries some more. And she says, Jonathan is my husband's name. She said, it's actually his middle name. And no one calls him Jonathan except for me. She said, only God would know that my husband's middle name is Jonathan because he has me pray every day for him by his middle name. Jonathan. So the the word of knowledge works in conjunction with the prophetic because it opens you up. (gasps) This is God. I'm hearing God. Or the person that's receiving from you is saying, oh my gosh, this is God. I talked earlier about how God can speak to us in different ways. And this was one of the most unique ways. I think he uses our five senses. So I've had God, um, I've I've smelled things before, oddly enough, and it's been... um, it's been a, a word of knowledge. I have a friend who, this is really strange, but I have a friend who sometimes will taste bitter, like a bitterness in his mouth. And oftentimes it's a word of knowledge that someone around him um, has cancer. Um, and, and so he'll pray for the person with cancer. Um, one time I was at work and I was just working away you know, not really super spiritual. And I was, I was praying and I was listening to a sermon and it was a podcast in London. And as I was listening to the podcast in London, I heard someone that sounded like my friend, Graham. Okay, so I make this connection like, wait a second, is this God? And so I, I, I immediately am like, oh my gosh, it is God. So I text my friend Graham, and I say, Graham, this is what I feel like God's saying. I feel like you're going to go to London one day, and you're going to create, you're you're actually going to have an influence in the culture around, um, you're going to change culture through through the place in London, and I can't remember everything else I said. And he texts me back, and he's like, and I don't talk to this guy very much, and he said, bro, that's so weird. He said, I used to get condemned because I never wanted to leave America. (laughs) He was like, I never, ever wanted to. I like America. I never wanted to leave it. He said, but I told God last week, the only country I'll go to is London. And so I just encourage you, you have to always be aware. God's speaking around you. And don't be afraid to be like, wait a second. Is that God? Because it might be. Um, the word of wisdom is also works with uh, the, the prophetic. Uh, for instance, in Acts 11.28, Agabus um, declares of a prophecy and uh, a, a drought that's coming and what to do with it. Um, here's something that's really important. Again, I talked about that misuse. The gift of prophecy is never intended for guidance. So let me explain this. The Old Testament prophet foretells and often leads. The New Testament prophet foretells, but never leads. 
So what I mean by that is this. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God didn't dwell in men. So you had to go to Samuel or go to Elijah or go to you know, any of the prophets to receive your word. In the New Testament, you can go to people and ask them to pray for you, sure. Or you can receive a prophetic word. But how many of you know you have a better guide on the inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit? You also have a guide, which is this book. If you want a prophetic word and one that will never fail you, it will never let you down, and it will never be wrong, is this book right here. I believe that prophetic people and prophets need to know the Bible probably more so than a teacher. The reason why is because you can cause more damage. If you start prophesying outside the confines of this book, so for instance, if if someone were to give you a prophetic word that you're going to go to China and become a Buddhist monk and it's going to help you in your walk with Jesus, it's probably not the heart of God for you. Okay? Um, So this book right here will never lead you astray. If you ever need a word from God, you have it. You know, a lot of us, I think, we need to spend a lot more time in the Bible rather than just soaking and listening to the next worship album. Nothing wrong with that. Um, But this is God's love letter to us. Here's something really important. The gift of prophecy is not a ministry of criticism. So it's not your trump card to go into a church or into anywhere and start picking faults out with everybody. Does God sometimes show you things that are going on in people's lives? Absolutely, but here's why. It can lift the believer out of depression, negligence, and lukewarmness and put him back in the mainstream of the move of God. God's shown me things about people's lives that may not be the best, and I've gone to them and I've given them a prophetic word that's pulled them out of that, and I never even mentioned the sin. Because they know if I know what what I'm talking about. But... It's not my job to embarrass them or to condemn them. It's my job to reveal the heart of the Father, which is to pull them out of that place and to put them right back in the line of the will of God on their life. Make sense? The last thing um, I want to say before we go is, um, I'll close up with this is what do you do when you receive prophetic words? So, I encourage you, as all of you begin to prophesy more and receive prophetic words, write the words down. You have, all of us have iPhones and new phones that we can record them. Record the prophetic words. Um, I've listened to my prophetic words over and over and over and over and over because I pray into them. I believe them. I want to partner with the words that God said over my life. Sometimes I'll play the prophetic words as I sleep. So I'll sleep just listening to what God's declared over my life. Um, The first thing when you receive a prophetic word is to prepare to accommodate. The Bible says preparation belongs to us, but timing belongs to the Lord. So you need to prepare to accommodate to receive the the promise that's before you. So for instance, I think one day I gave a word uh, from stage about uh, someone who couldn't conceive a a child. And I said, some of you, if you're in this room and that's you, you actually need to go ahead and prepare the room. Prepare the room for the baby. Take the step in faith and prepare the room for the child. 
The second is to posture and position yourself for the promise. It's very similar. But in the presence of God, position yourself to receive the word. The, the, um, the Bible says that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. That word receive at the beginning and the word receive at the end is two different words, but they mean very similar. The first one could be translated like this, to embrace or hug. So you embrace the prophetic word or the prophet. And the second one is to go after or to obtain. And some of you in this room, I feel like God wants to anoint you with a holy aggression to go after the words that God has said on your life. To have an aggression to go get the words that God has declared and grab hold of them and let nothing take them from your hands. The third one is to hear the word, not just listen to it. So to hear the word, to believe the word, to do something with the word, to don't, don't just be hearers, but doers of the word. The fourth one is to test it and let the word test you. I believe that time is the great tester of our dreams. That, that, that um, time is what we cannot control, but preparation we can't. The Bible says that until the day it came to pass in the Psalms that the word tested Joseph. And the sixth one is to birth the word, hold on to it, and refuse to let go of it. So the sixth step after all of that is to actually step into the word, grab hold of it, and don't let anybody take it from you. Um, I'm going to just read a few more scriptures. I'll, I'll tell you about my own personal process with that, that those six steps, if you will. I have, a, I have a journal at home that have my prophecies. I have the first ever prophetic word I ever got that actually Thomas gave me. The first when I was 16 years old. And it still resonates in my spirit. And here's how I judge a prophetic word. Does it line up with the word of God and does it sound like a loving father talking to a son or a daughter? If it's not one of those two things, I probably don't receive it. But I have words from when I was 16 years old that slowly are starting to come to pass, but I haven't walked in fully. But I read over them. And to be perfectly honest with you, the last three weeks of my life, I don't really know why. I can pinpoint a little bit. But it's been very hard for me to believe for some of the prophetic words that I've had given to me. I've sent some of my prophetic words to my friends and said, when I'm in those moments where I can't believe for myself, will you believe for me? Will you remind me when I say, I, I just can't, I can't believe anymore. It's been too long. And they said, no, God said. God said this would happen. God said you would do this. God said he would do this. So I've sent recordings of prophetic words um, to my friend Judd. And some days I'm like, dude, I can't. I just, I'm, I can't, I just, is it ever going to happen? It's like, yeah, it's going to happen. You're doing everything you need to do to see God move and to see everything God's ever said. I'm st this right here is me standing in a prophetic word. God told me I would do this when I was 16. So you're looking at the promise of a prophetic word. There's three things. I'm almost done. There's three things. Again, I've really been talking about personal prophecy today. Not so much the sovereign prophetic words that are, for instance, like Jesus returning. 
That's a prophetic word that is going to happen. It doesn't matter what we do. Jesus is going to come back. But I'm talking to you today about personal prophetic words that are meant to transform people's lives. There's three things. They're partial. So we know in part and we prophesy in part. I talked about that. You only read one sentence at a time. They're progressive, so they build on one another. You never get your entire life book in one sitting. So for instance, Abram, Abram, right? Before he's Abraham. Just imagine with me. God comes to Abram and says, Abram, I'm going to change your name to Abraham. You're going to go to this land that I'm going to show you. You're going to leave this place called Ur. And after that, you're going to marry this woman. Then you're going to have a child and you're going to mess up a little bit, but I'm going to take care of it. And then you're going to have another child. I'm going to have you take him up on the mountain. You're going to put a knife to his throat. Right before you're about to kill him, I'm going to bring a ram out and then I'm going to save it. It's going to be great. See all the stars in the sky? All those, all those are going to be children. How many know if he heard all that in one sitting, he would have never left Ur? Okay? So it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God that every word is partial. Every word, and again, this is personal prophecy, is progressive. So it builds on one another. And the last part is every word is conditional. So oftentimes you see, if you do this, I will do this. If you do this, I will do this. Here's a breather for you. If you keep your eyes on Jesus and you focus on I am, you don't have to worry about what you have to do. You will do everything that you need to do. And now I'll read two more verses for you and then we'll close up. 1 Timothy 4, 14 through 15 says this, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you receive through prophecy spoken over you when the elders lay their hands on you. Give your complete attention to the matters. So this is Paul talking to Timothy, and he says this, don't neglect the prophetic words and give your life for them. Give your life, everything you do for the words that God has declared that you're supposed to do with your life. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says that the universe was framed by the words of God. I like to interpret it like this. The words of God over my life sometimes can be framed and put in a picture, and it's good to see but I like to think of it as framing a house. So my entire house, my entire life has been built and framed off of the prophetic words that I've received. And as the instructions that Paul gave to Timothy, I have now positioned myself to give everything I have to see the prophetic words come to pass over my life. And lastly, 1 Timothy 1.18 says, Based on the prophetic words, may they help you fight well in the Lord's battles. So your prophetic words are actually weapons for warfare. Your prophetic words, when I talk about when I'm reading over those, when I pull out my journal and I read, I pray, I fast, I I lay hands on my words. I say, God, you said. Because here's the deal. God says that he is faithful to watch over his word and he is able to accomplish it. All we have to do to obtain our prophetic words is, is we have to take faith to fulfill it and obedience to obtain it. There's so many scriptures I could read to you about that. But for time's sake, you have to just have faith to believe it and obedience to obtain it. And the prophetic to me is just beautiful dance because it's just, it's like a mystery. It's, it's like, God, what do you say? You know, it's just beautiful because you, you get to just see these bits and pieces of people's lives and of your own life. 
And again, I just want to say this. You have to pursue love. I told, I told Roy, I, I think I can speak on, on his behalf on this. We're not going to be a place that use foreknowledge and Facebook to prophesy over people. That should go without saying, but sadly, you have to say that nowadays. And isn't it interesting that God's pouring out this gift of prophecy, I believe like never before, in the information age. So in the age where everything's at our fingertips, he's actually blowing our minds with what we, what we can know about people. Because his heart for people is to so love people. And true prophetic words have the power in a moment to transform someone's life. Rose, would you come share what you shared with me this morning? Would that be okay? This is my friend Rose. I met her a few weeks ago when I preached, and um, she shared a testimony before church, and I just want her to, it, it's perfect with what, you got it. You can do it. Thank you, Dylan. You're welcome. Um, about three weeks ago, I was in church. Hold it up. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was in church, and um, I feel like I need to give you a testimony on what happened to me that day. I'll be closing. Uh, there you go. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, I'm a little nervous. You're all right. Um, I was sitting down a few um, rows back, and Dylan came to me, um, and he was speaking through God to me. And I've been going through a rough time for the last year and a half. Uh, but um, I never in that year and a half gave up my faith. I never asked God why. I just believed. But then I needed something else. And I know that God knew that I needed something else. He needed to give me that reassurance. And through God, through Dylan, came to me that day. And what he did, it has changed my life. I, it's not that I don't have the faith again, because I always have the faith. But it's that God lifted me up, and I haven't smiled in a year and a half. I'm smiling now, and I'm happy. And thank him is all thanks to God mm -hmm. and his miracles that he performs every day. If someone would just open their eyes and see it yeah. and listen. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So that right there is what the prophetic is about. It brings hope to the hopeless. It encourages, it strengthens, and it edifies. It pushes people into their prophetic destiny in God, and it reveals to them a loving Father who cares about them more than we could ever imagine, think, or comprehend. That is the gift of, the prophet, of, of pro prophecy. And that is the gift that I want to see all of us function in because it is truly a gift that, if it's used correctly, will have the power to change and transform people's lives. So, Father, I thank you for this amazing gift. I thank you, God, for your amazing Holy Spirit, that without you, Holy Spirit, we cannot do anything. I thank you for a reverency of the prophetic, God. I thank you that we would not take speaking on your behalf lightly, but we would declare your words with reverency, with awe, and with wonder, God. 
And I ask that tongues would be loosed in this room, God. That fear would go. And that the prophetic gift would bubble forth on the inside of us. To declare the loving heart of a father to a broken generation, God. I thank you for every person in this room. And I ask that the gift of prophecy would be unlocked, unleashed, and if we've walked in it for years and years, that we would step into it in greater measure, God. I thank you that you love us so incredibly much, God. And may we love people the way that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.